Did you ever stop and think why spend too much time just getting ready? Let me be honest. I don't know a single thing that I haven't done to make you notice me. Let me be real here. When I see you, my heart starts racing, but I don't know if I like this chasing and playing and waiting around. It's a shame that my hands start shaking. Today is October 9th, 2020, Friday of the 27th week in Ordinary Time, and you are tuned in to Deacon's Discussions and Drinks. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Deacon's Discussion and Drinks. I'm Deacon Tim Stout. I'm Father Lingwin. There is no Deacon Dallas Kelly tonight. Where did he go? <laughs> he has the night off. Well, not really. He's he's at a wedding. Oh, oh, look at that. We got we got feedback. Now we got it. <laughs> got to mute everything else. No, he's in, in at at a wedding in Louisville tonight. So. We asked him to call in. He said no. So, oh, well. Hey, we're back, back live in the studio tonight, and it's kind of a different night. We've got two guests with us tonight, one that should be very familiar to you, Mr. Larry Oser, parishioner, and the person who put together and manages the Fill the Truck program. We see him at least twice a month, if not more. And we also have with us the executive director of the Amen House, Miss Michelle Carlisle. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for the invite. <laughs> Thank you very much for the invite. Yeah, I'm excited about it. How about you, Father? Are you excited about it? Well, finally being able to bring them here to talk about it, right? Exactly. A we've, lot of questions. We've been given, given food for how many months now? 38. 38 months. That's a, that's a lot longer than we've been doing this show. I'll tell you that. <laughs> 38 months. The parishioners of St. Francis and John have... Uh, Stepped up to the call. They've over-exceeded my expectations by miles. <laughs> well, we'll get into that in a little bit, for sure. We're going to skip our uh, current events, if that's yes, all right with you. That would be fine. I mean, there's all kinds of current events to talk about, from the fly and the per- vice president's hair to the cancellation <laughs> of the uh, the next uh, debate. Uh, but we'll we'll just skip all that stuff and go right into... Fun stuff. The fun stuff. The Amen House. Michelle, you're the executive director. How long How long have you been at the Amen House? Sure. I've been there for about four and a half years at this point. Already? Already. I know. I don't remember when you first came. <laughs> you do or don't? I do. Yeah. So. Time flies. Time flies. 
So for the average person out there that if they didn't know anything about the Amen House, how how do you describe what the Amen House is? Sure. Um, we are your local food pantry. We have one mission, um, and that is ending hunger right here in Scott County. And, you know, when I think a lot of people in Scott County, they don't know that there's a hunger problem here. I didn't know. Like, I really, really didn't. Like, if you ask me how I got here and how I got involved, um, I was kind of blindsided by a third grade teacher. So are you from Scott County originally? Or? Not originally. So Scott you, County feels like home. Um, but no, I grew up in Western Kentucky. Okay. Um, and we moved here for school and got married here and, and lived in Lexington for a while. And then when my kids were old enough to go to school, we started looking at options um, and really liked the Scott County school system and thought that would be a good fit for our kids and our family. Um, so we moved to Scott County at that point. Um, and really, I was just doing life. I had two kids. Um, I started a business. I used to own car and run Carlisle Photography. Um, so I was a photographer in my previous life. Um, and really just that gave me the flexibility to get involved at school. Um, and so when Lemon Smell opened up, um, I was invited to be part of the family resource um, yeah, yeah, advisory sure. panel there. And within moments, like I got some big life lessons. Um, you know, we'd had this big, beautiful school that had just launched and my little third grader was going to class every day. And literally in that first meeting, the teacher just broke my heart. I mean, she literally broke into tears in the middle of the meeting and said, we can't wait another two months to get a backpack program going at Lemons Mill. The kids in my classroom are hungry today. She happened to be my son's teacher. Wow. And I kind of had a, okay, like not on my watch kind of moment. And I literally just said, we're starting a backpack. Like we're figuring it out. I don't know how it's going to happen, but we're starting a backpack like today. Um, and that just became like this snowball effect of me getting involved in food rescue and really looking at the hunger because you nailed it. It's really, really easy not to see it in Scott County. You can go through your entire day, your entire life. Um, like I said, I was, I was living mine and just happy and, and just fine. And then I think when you're faced with that moment where it's in front of you, you have to make a choice and you can choose to do nothing. And that's a choice. Um, a lot of times we just kind of, oh, it's too big. It's too hard. Somebody else is supposed to be doing this. Um, and that's a choice. You know, it's not maybe a choice that you think about a whole lot. But if you're choosing to do nothing or to just look away, that's a choice, too. In my world, I made a choice to get involved. Um, and it has completely changed my entire life. Like I've shut down my business. I do this full time now. I'm not just a little bit involved in fighting hunger. Um, it's my passion. It's what drives me. It's why I get up in the morning. Um, I truly, truly believe that nobody should be hungry here. Not in Scott County. We have enough. No, and I think that's one of the things that uh, surprises me so much is that, that the need. Obviously, I did a little bit of research before and, and read Gerald's website and some of the, the stats. Sure. And, uh, I think it most uh, most people... There's two sides of Scott County, the, the part that I think that people see, and then there's this other side. And, and I think we even see it today when we talk about crime. You know, there's some uptick in crime in Scott County in the last few months. Uh, could be related to the pandemic or whatever, and people are surprised by it. Crime's always been a part of Scott County. It's just kind of been hidden and, and out of the way. And then hunger, obviously, has been here a while. It just didn't show up, you know, 
four and a half years ago when you started uh, your journey. So right. did you, was the Amen House already in place and, or did you help establish that? What, tell oh, us a no. little bit. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> I came in way what? later. Okay. Um, the Amen House is um, 30 years old. Wow. Um, so it was established in 1990. Um, really just the heart of this community. Um, the churches brought it together and said, we need one location that can do this and do this well. Um, and so, no, I was not around when it was established, um, but I'm so very thankful for the hard work that was put in um, that brought this concept together. Um, it was handed off to me um, at a beautiful, beautiful point where so many things were coming together. Um, and then I was able to take the hard work that had been, that had come before me um, and just say yes and yes and yes to those next steps. Um, and then we have a very, very strong food supply and a very, very strong food pantry um, because of years of dedication to volunteers after volunteers, just fighting hunger. How long has St. John's been involved? That's not, not Larry's part of it because we'll get to Larry's part of it, but has St. John's been a supporter of the Amen House for a long time? Maybe, a long maybe, time since. Maybe you know. I don't know. Since when it first started. When it, I, think it, I think they've been involved, <clears throat> not to the extent of what it sounds. Yeah, the involvement today is on steroids. Yeah, yeah you, you took it up a notch. So how many churches are involved with the Amen House? We have, yeah, you're going to put me on the spot, spot. with numbers. No, well, you can, no, you we can have est- estimate. Beautiful, beautiful support from our churches. Um, we really do. We probably have upwards of 10 who we are literally part of their budget. Like they are faithful to make sure that the Amen House has the funds that it needs. Um, but beyond that, I mean, so many people, like Thanksgiving is coming. Right. So we will see our churches step up in a beautiful, beautiful way um, and just make sure that all of those Thanksgiving baskets happen. Um, we could not do what we do without the church community and and kind of the, the fallout of that, because it may not be, you know, the church signing the check at the bottom of it. But I know so many pastors, you know, encourage their congregation to get involved, to volunteer, to, to look at what the needs are and just those communications and them, you know, sharing about the Amen house, then that ripples effect to, you know, Christians in our community who are faithful to just support us themselves. So, so is your level of uh, outreach, does it, does it match demand or are you still not meeting the demand of what the, what, what the community needs? So while I would love to just sit here and say, Oh, we've got this all figured out. Um, probably one of our toughest conversations with families. Um, we do have something that's called Amen house direct. Um, so we have a food delivery service um, and it's a pretty young service. Um, we're probably maybe two years into that. Um, and anytime you launch a new program, you have to start somewhere. So when we started looking at deliveries, we really started looking at the absolute most vulnerable. So that turned into a lot of our um, elderly senior citizens that were homebound and making sure we could get food to them. So that's where those screenings started. Um, And we feel like we, um, you know, if a senior fitting that category calls us and they need food delivered to them, we are on it. We have a plan for that. But especially it seems like the pandemic has just put an exclamation point at the end of, of everything. And now we have like single moms calling that are physically able to come get and pick up the food and and take it home. They just have no transportation to do that. So we're having to look at pieces of if we really say we're ending hunger in Scott County and nobody will be hungry here. 
we're going to have to look at expanding that. Um, I do think, you know, if you can get to the Amon house, like I said, our food supplies are, are strong um, and we can meet the daily demand. But now it's really looking at kind of like those edges and being like, how do we continue to strengthen Amon House Direct? And to be honest, that takes volunteers. Like someone literally has to give us roughly about three hours of their month um, to take those food deliveries and make those happen. Um, you would pick it up at the Amon House. We'll load you up with food. We typically try to give you four to five deliveries to make in somewhat general vicinity. Although Scott County is a big, big county. Yeah, it is very big. Um, <laughs> you know, but um, and then, you know, you take the food out, deliver it. Um and then just, you know, so it's kind of like anyway. DoorDash door for the Amen House. Kind of. So, so yeah. like the Amen Dash. There, I just, I just came up with a word. <laughs> Amen Dash. Um, but if I'm if if we're if we're missing the mark somewhere, I feel like it's there. And do you do you have regular volunteers that do that part of it for you? Oh, most definitely. So, um, but you could use more. Yes. So that's kind of where the tipping point is. It's not necessarily that we don't have the food because we're, we're doing okay and have, have kind of balanced that out um, so that we're not doing um, all of those in one day. We've got them spread over the first two weeks of the month. So it kind of balances the food in house, if that makes sense. Um, because if they all were to go out in one day, then that would be a problem just based on the food rescue that we do. Right. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, really, I don't know if you guys follow our Facebook page, but definitely the past two months or so I've hit it pretty hard with, the description of what that direct team looks like. Um, you do have to be able to lift about 30 or 40 pounds. Food is heavy. Um, and the volumes that, that we kind of send out, um, it does take somebody who can move that food around. Um, we love teams. Um, if you're going out into somebody's house, we do require that you go two at a time. Um, so it's a little, you know, more complicated to find that match than it is to just, hey, come volunteer at the Amen House. Um, but we know people who love it. They have a heart for it. They're getting to know the people that they deliver to. Um, like I said, a lot of those are seniors. Um, and it really is a, a touch point um, for a senior who's potentially homebound and may not have somebody else checking on them every month. So we're at least that one check when we bring food um, that we check in, make sure they're doing okay, get their food to them, um, and then they know they'll see us again next month. So it's a little bit beyond just the food ministry. It's also a presence ministry. You're, you're present with them. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. So when we talk about pounds of food, there's nobody better to talk about the pounds of food than than Mr. Oser. Larry? Yes, sir. How do you handle all the food that gets donated at St. John's? All goes in the gray truck. <laughs> <laughs> and when the gray truck gets too full, then we bring the box truck. But every Monday at approximately 8.30, the gray truck backs down the alleyway of the Amen house, and we're greeted with open arms. And we've been up until the pandemic. I was going to ask you how the pandemic has affected us. We'll get to that in a little bit because pandemic has affected both both sides of it. Our ministry at Saint Saint Francis of John and your ministry at the Amen House. But in general, overall, what's the what's the total dollars and tons? I'm going to say tons, but you, we could probably do it in tons now. But let's start in pounds. The amount of food that we've collected in 38 months is 21,500 pounds of food. 21,000 pounds of food. And how many dollars? $39,000. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. It is, because he shows up all the time. 
So, you know, like we unload the truck and then we unload the truck and we unload the truck. But when you start adding it all together, I mean, the impact that your church is having on Scott County is huge. Um, And I'll go ahead and just say it. If we could get all the churches (laughs) to do what St. John does for us. Oh, my goodness. Like we wouldn't have to worry about a thing. Also, supposed to have a, a, a field the truck competition between churches, right? I originally, about a year, year, year and a half ago, tried to get it started. I got two or three churches that said that they were interested and would get involved. I explained to them what I do and told them that I'd be willing to come to their church and show them how to do it. And it got that far, you know. But he never came back with a definite yes. So you need a, we need another Larry Oser at each one of these churches, which go. is hard to do. I'd say it's impossible myself, but there's people out there that have the same spirit that you have. Oh, I'm sure there are. So we just had to find them. That's I, exactly right. I mean, if if we had five churches in, in Scott County do what we do, would hunger be a non-issue in Scott County at that point, you think? I think it would go a long way. Yeah. Well, the, the issue is here is to raise awareness, right, Michelle? It, it's um, so many people do not know. You know, Scott County, one of the wealthiest county in Kentucky. Yeah, we have the most pretty highest population of hunger, uh, homeless homelessness, and we don't talk about it. I remember when I came here, that one of my frustration was get all my brother minister together, and I don't want to talk about it. I said, come on. So finally, you, we were able to pull together, and Michelle came along. You did an excellent job. You have a great sense of organization. You talk about the the pastors of different churches here in mm-hmm. Scott County. Yeah, we don't just don't want to talk about these issues, and um, we have a, the influx of a new group of pastors, very passionate, and they take very seriously on this social justice matter, um, homelessness. Um, take it very seriously, and so. Michelle came just in time. You know, it's pretty much like God providential, right? It's somehow God knocking certain people. I think door. God had a whole lot to do with me showing up here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Mr. Osa, same thing. He came home one day, right? He just came from Florida and he said, Father, I want to do this. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, so have you guys met Andrew Brown? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you just came home one day and you said, "Hey, I want to do this." I mean, something had to something had to trigger you to want to do this. Let me explain what happened. My wife and I have been blessed for the last fifteen out of the last sixteen years. We've been able to go to Florida for the month of January, February, and March. We stay in a community of about eight hundred people. There for the same period of three months, and one year. One of the fellows came to me, a fellow by the name of Drew Whitaker, who's the president of Canada. He said, Larry, he said, uh, I'd like to start and see if we could get the people at Camp Florida to donate to MANA, which is the food bank in Lake Placid, Florida. And he said, what we'd like to do is, he said, everybody comes to the clubhouse on Thursday morning. And the reason they come to the clubhouse on Thursday morning is they get free coffee and donuts. So here we have 200, 300 people that come in for free coffee and donuts. He said, why don't we start a program called Fill the Truck? I said, well, what do you want to do? He said, what we're going to do is he said, I'm going to back my pickup truck up in front of the clubhouse. And for the period of two hours from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock, 
We're going to tell people that we're going to be there that Thursday. And we just did it once a season. So only did it once every three months. And he said, in that two hours, he said, we want to get people to fill this truck. Once we fill this truck, we're going to take it over to Manor. I'm going to give it to them. I said, well, we can spread the word. So we got the word going, told people we were going to be there. First, first time we did it, half a truck. Next month, another three-quarters of a truck. Next month, we got full truck. Full truck. Next year, we just, that we did it again, got loaded up, took it down to Manor. So when it started work down there, I came back and told Father. I said, Father, I'd like to do this. I said, what I want to do is I want to start a program that we started in Florida. And we're going to call it Fill the Truck. And we're going to do it once a month. And I said, the important thing about it is I need to be able to make sure I communicate with the people in our church what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. Then we need to do it. And then after we do it, we need to show them the results. And that's exactly what we've done. And you've been religious about it, right? Religious yep. about it. Because well. you, you, I don't think you've missed many Sundays, and you've always went it when you were supposed to be there to tell us what we were going to bring, right, yes, the week sir. before, and being there to collect. I think you've missed a couple, and you got a good surrogate when you were going. Your, peanut. Peanut butter? Peanut butter. Some, some kid called him, nickname is Mr. Peanut. <laughs> yeah, what had happened was the first winter that came up, after I started the program in August, I told my wife and I told father, I said, I can't leave here in January, February, March, and tell these people, you all take care of that program, but I want credit for it, and then I'll be back in <laughs> April. So. Oh, I don't know. You, you've been, you've flown back a few, that, few that's times. That's what I did the first year. The first year, I booked flights in July. So that I could fly back in January, February, and March. I flew home on a Saturday evening, collected food, and I made arrangements with one of my companions of crime so that they would then bring the food over to the Amen house on Monday morning and I could fly back to Florida for Sunday night. And so... To finish a doubleheader. <laughs> so... <laughs> What happened was that all worked so great. Then people came to me and said, Larry, why are you doing this flying up in here? That? I said, well, I want to show people that this is, you know, I'm dedicated to this. And they said, well, we'd be glad to help you out. I said, that's great. So I have three volunteers now. One guy takes the month of January. One guy takes the month of February. One guy takes March. And I don't have to fly back no more. That's dedication. That's what that is. And that's I what makes it no work. I had no idea. You didn't know. I had no idea that you were flying back and forth. <clears throat> but first year I was. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Larry Oser. Larry Oser. See, that's what I'm saying. When we say we need to find somebody like Larry Oser at no, the other churches, it's, it's not just what you see. It's a lot more. You get a lot more than just what you see. And uh, that dedication, I think, is, is unique. It's obviously, it's, it's, it's made this program Outside of the folks that are giving the money and the food, it's really what's made it successful is that recurrence that's always there. You know, we like to kid about the peanut butter, right? Yep. We, we all get a good laugh about that. But <laughs> but it's now, it's a part, it's part of our community. community it's yeah. part of our parish life. And, you know, that, 
How many months is it now there? 38. 38 months. 38 months. So it only takes 38 months to create a good habit. So if there's other churches out there watching, you need to get a hold of this guy or one of us or Michelle and point us, point him in our direction. And let's figure out how we can get this going at other churches. That would be awesome. I think we ought to have a contest. I, 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 I'd like to do that. You need to bring that up at the ministerial association. I, yeah, <laughs> we still zoom right now. Oh, you're zooming. You're zooming. I we would, need to come up with a prize. Challenge on zoom. I have, I already have the prize. What's the prize? What I would like us to do if we could get four churches, ourselves and three others, everybody do it once a week each month. So each church would do it. They would get food every week. We would keep tabs. Everybody would keep track of what they collected. And then at the end of the year, we would come to Cardone for a type of get-together for all the people from all four churches, get to socialize, get to talk about what we've done. And then we would have a presentation of a trophy to the church that collected the most food for that 12-month period. And then that trophy would be rotated every year to whoever it, you know, collected the most. The golden basket. There you go. The golden, golden basket. basket. We, <laughs> we, we can call it the peanut butter trophy. <laughs> the golden basket of peanut butter. Well, I mean, we can put whatever we want in the basket. That's a great idea. You know, it, we ought to see if we can make that happen. How, how many how many people do you serve? You think? Do you do you know that number? Sure. Um, so Feeding America would tell us there's about 6,000 individuals in our community that are food insecure. Um, we, in a calendar year, typically touch about 4,000 of those individuals with food. So we have not we have not found everybody. And that's kind of a whole conversation in and of itself. Is that because they don't want to be found in some cases? Sometimes. I would say probably our seniors. Um are probably the highest demographic of individuals who will just fight hunger silently um, alone. And that like, that shouldn't be okay. Uh, true. Right. But it takes hard conversations, um, conversations sometimes with your pastor, sometimes with your doctor, sometimes with your pharmacist, because if you can't pay for your prescription drugs, more than likely you're not able to pay for your food as well. And those it's just a different generation, those seniors and, and the pride that it would take to, to reach out for help. Um, we see it. We see it often in those conversations and, and trying to convince them because we have a whole different senior um, commodities program that's just for individuals over 60 um, that are living below the poverty line. And it's, it's a whole extra layer of food. Um, and just trying to have those conversations and navigate the waters of could this be helpful? Would you be willing to try this? Um, those are, those are hard conversations. Um, and, but we see that not just in our seniors. I mean, we see that all across the board. Um, things are strange at the Amen house right now. Um, nobody comes inside because, co- because, because of, of COVID. COVID. Um, so we do everything curbside in our parking lot. Um, and the, I mean, the tears that have been cried in our parking lot for parents who have never been to a food pantry that are sitting in our parking lot and we, and we try to wrap it in dignity and we, we try to guide them through the process. But the reality is they have to come and ask, 
you know, we have to have those first conversations and, and do the application. And, and we do it right there on the edge of their car with them, um, just because that's the regulations right now. Um, but just just guiding those families, like I said, who have never, you know, and it may it may not be that there's no income coming through. But if they've gone from a two income family to a one income family because the kids are at home trying to do school, which means somebody has to stay home. You know, I think there's there's sometimes a misconception that, oh, well, I have a paycheck, so I probably can't go to the Amen house. And that's not true. That's not true at all. We help working families all the time. And honestly, it's because of the generosity um, of churches in our community that we can do um, like above what the government does. Um, So there's a government poverty line and I can't use federal food if you're above the government poverty line. But when Mr. Oser brings me peanut butter on Mondays, he doesn't ask me how much money the family <laughs> makes that I'm going to hand it to. You so, know, like, anyway. So on, on the on the federal side of it, so out of all the food that you all distribute, is half of it federal federal food or what's the breakdown there? Sure. It's probably closer to about a third of it that's actually federal food. We okay. do a whole lot of um, food rescue um, through, like, through Feeding America. Um, which opens up like Walmart and Kroger and Big Lots and and local restaurants that we can rescue food that was headed to the trash can, basically. So we do an insane volume of rescued food. And then we have the federal government program, which we're very, I mean, we are very thankful that we've been entrusted with that and can get that food to people. Um, And then we've got donations that come in, obviously, that just get brought to us. And then we take that that cash, that money that you're bringing. Um, We have a um, food co-op through God's Pantry. um, So we can get food pennies on the dollar um, compared to to what we would do just straight up at the grocery store. Um, So it's a whole lot of working parts coming together um, so that we have this food. And really the federal government is the, is the one that has the income guidelines on it. Um, But because of supporting the community, it's probably, we're probably two years in, um, to my board giving us permission, and it's all percentage-based. So typically the government guideline is 130% of the poverty level that I can serve their food. They have upped it um, during the COVID to the 185. Um, but our board gave me permission, like I said, about two years ago to go ahead and serve all the way up to the 185% poverty level without question. That means it's a working family. And that's a lot of what we see in Scott County is that it's working families who are struggling. You know, you can work a full-time job, but if you've got two kids at home on that percentage base of income, more than likely, definitely if you're entry-level wages, minimum wage, full-time with a couple kids at home, you qualify for full services, even the government services. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that every family has underestimated is the impact of having everybody at home all the time and the impact that is on food. You know, definitely. It's it's crazy how much food a family can eat when everybody's at home all the time. You right. should know. Yeah. <laughs> As Michelle said, that's that's a different discussion some other, <laughs> some other time. But no, it's uh you know it's amazing to think that there's that many people that need help and don't ask. Right. Well, and what so, I want to make sure because I know we're talking about all those percentages and right. numbers and all of that. There's a third layer that the board has entrusted me with, um, and it gives me discretion. Um, And basically, so if you're above the 185 poverty guideline, our policy technically says you have to come and we'll have a chat. And I can promise you that there is no way you show up to the Amen house and you say, I'm not for sure how we're going to eat today. 
that you're not going to leave with food. We are going to find a program. We are going to figure it out. We're going to make sure that your family has what's it, what they need to eat. Because there are so many scenarios, whether it's medical or, like I said, that two-income family going to a one-income family. Like, your mortgage doesn't change overnight. <sighs> no. Just because mom has to stay at home or dad's needing to stay at home. Those adjustments can't be made on the fly. But what I can tell you is I can probably let you leave the Amen house with somewhere between... worth of groceries that you're not going to spend at Kroger this month that you can use to hold that mortgage together or to offset some of the other things that are going on. And when we've talked about fighting hunger, I mean, that's, that's the core of it. Like we want you to have the nutrition and the energy and all of those things that you need to go battle the rest of what's going on. So if, if somebody's unsure, should they call or should they stop by? What They can just show up. Our sure. application process is very simple, and it's still the federal application process, but it's it's very quick. Um, I know there's some applications out there that are, are very time-consuming, and you're not going to get approved for a month, and you might not hear back. That is not the Amen House. Pull up into our parking lot. You do have to bring proof of Scott County residency. You need to bring your photo ID. Um, right now, some of the regulations are lifted on paperwork because they don't want us passing all of the paperwork back and forth. No touch. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to verify those things just by like you holding up your ID and things like that. We do talk about your income. You're going to self-declare what income is coming in through the household. And then we're going to figure out which food program we can serve you with. And what I can promise is you're not going to leave my parking lot without food. You're just not. Amazing. That's it. It's about simple food. You know, I was uh, I, th- I was going back, and I didn't we used to store some food here at Cardone? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. They're like, have you heard of Building Three? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, like that's where it started. So you ran out of space. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and, very fast. And has that problem been corrected? Or are you all building a new space? What's the oh, what's the, the facilities? Details of all of that. You got a couple million dollars. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> somebody listening might, but you know, hey, hey. somebody out there. So got you need you need to build a big warehouse. Dollars. Is that what you? We do. I mean, that's the that's the dream. Um, so currently, um, we have five different locations where we have things squirreled away. Um, we are very very blessed. Um, Oh, fingers crossed that it's all going to happen this year because I need to talk to the school system a little bit. But the Scott County High School Food Drive for us and typically happens right before Thanksgiving is amazing. I mean, the volume of food that comes in that day, we can't house like it's not even possible. Um, So that's when we had to get creative. And when you guys took possession of Cardome, it became help. I think you have room. Can we borrow some of it? And of course, the church said yes. Um, for we have been in building three. Um, we have been in the basement of the main building with food. I'm um, just kind of based on where you guys had a spot that we could go. The craziest memory, I swear, of these food drives is we got smart the second year and figured out that we could open the window to the basement instead of trying to go down the stairs or down the elevator. We literally opened the window, just passed, brought it in. in. Oh no, high tech. We brought in like conveyor belts. Oh wow. And the kids were rolling through through the window like it was crazy, (laughs) but it worked. I mean, it was like this beautiful solution to where are we going to put this? 
And of course, your church stepped up and said, hey, we've got a spot. Please come see if it'll work. Um, so, yes, we have had food here. Um, we um, currently um, had an opportunity to to have like a warehouse grant us some space. So now we can actually drive the semi truck up to a loading dock and unload. So that makes it easy. Yeah. So we've said goodbye to the window downstairs, but we're so thankful that we had that window when we, when we really, really needed it. Um, but yeah, space is still um, one of our biggest challenges. It has been crazy. Um, just trying to keep enough ro- enough food in the building fast enough. Um, for how it's been going out during the pandemic. Um, we created um, a special food allocation that didn't even exist before. Um, and just trying to keep enough food at the Amen House right now, we can roughly hold about two weeks of food in there before we're having to go out to the warehouse or go next door or or figure out where the food is that we can get in. So space is is one of our biggest challenges, but I'm telling you, my volunteers are amazing they step up and I mean, even when we're unloading Mr. Oster's truck, you know, it's this big old truck full of everything. And while it doesn't really come in on a pallet, like some of this stuff does, I mean, we order 10,000 pounds of food from God's pantry every week and literally, you know, they load it up on a pallet and then we get to the Amen house and we back down that little alleyway and we hand unload every piece that's on that pallet. Because in our building, you can't run a pallet jack or, or move anything like that around. Um, we are very thankful for the Presbyterian Church. Oh, my goodness, thankful that we have that space. So I never want to be critical of the space that we have. But, man, if we're going to move this forward, we need an operational warehouse. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, last year we, we blessed a new land property. Definitely, yes. Could yes. you talk a little, bit, a little bit more about that so people know where it is and you know pray for that? Hopefully, Most in the near future, we will have the warehouse out there big enough to operate as it should. That would be amazing. So, yes. Um, so we have um, about 14.2 acres. Maybe that's not about. We have specifically 14.2 um, acres that the Amen House purchased um, at the end of North Hamilton. Um, so if you grew up in Scott County, you're going to kind of think railroad track and creek. Where those kind of meet at the end of North Hamilton um, on that little corner, um, the Amen House, um, that's hopefully our future site of where we would build that warehouse. Um, Like I said, we are, not joking, a few million dollars away. Um, Part of that's infrastructure, like it's farmland out there. So we've got to start from the bottom and and actually make all of that happen so that the warehouse could happen. Um, But we're just believing. I mean, you know, that that will be. Um, a possibility in the future, and and we've just gotta gotta keep moving on to figure that out. Two billion dollars, kid stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, when you think about our little parish donating forty thousand dollars for food, you know, just and the Catholics. Well, let's be honest, we're not the the biggest congregation here in Scott County, so. Maybe we can challenge some of these other denominations to challenge them. We need to get a really good trophy. That trophy needs to look special. We need to get them to step up to the plate. <laughs> to use the softball analogy. <laughs> Has the board come up with a strategy campaign for that building yet? Sure. So we are technically right now in the middle of a feasibility study. Um, so Still? COVID has been crazy. <laughs> without COVID, 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 COVID. COVID. I know. So I really think, or at least what our consultants tell me is, I think they struggled, honestly, to get people um, to meet and have those interviews. I think COVID kind of just stopped 
everything there for a little while. Um, so that process took a little bit longer, um, but we should be wrapping that up very shortly um, and then hopefully have a more definitive answer for what the plan will look like moving forward. Awesome. But yeah. <laughs> slow and steady, right? Oh yeah. Oh, slow yeah. and steady wins slow every time. This is not steady. a ma- this is not a sprint. It is a marathon. Just like anything related to ministry, it's always the long game that we try to play. <laughs> so, food and the, the the distribution of food, is it uniform throughout the year or does it go up and down holiday season change things dramatically? Winter or summer? What what's how's that break down? Sure. We stay pretty steady. Um, to be honest, as far as the the demand, um, I will say Thanksgiving is probably like where we feel the stress um, of trying to get everything together just because it's like an extra layer of the Thanksgiving basket on top of the regular food. Um, but we just believe everybody, you know, on November 26th this year should have a feast. Absolutely. You know, in front of them. So um so we're working hard to get those details together. It's it's a little different this year. I feel like I'm, I'm so tired of saying the word it's different and COVID. Um, but it's true. Um, it's different this year. So we don't feel comfortable um, having a one-day event like we've had in the past. Um, honestly, we don't want people standing in line, congregating outside of our building, waiting to get the Thanksgiving basket. So we are going to roll Thanksgiving baskets all of November. <laughs> which really, really means that we need the Thanksgiving food in by Halloween. Um, which is just a few oh, weeks yeah. away. It's three, just like tomorrow, uh, right? Three weeks away, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, thanks for the reminder that we're running out of time. Um, but <laughs> it will happen. Um, it always happens. Um, so you need volunteers then too, right? Do you need more volunteers or are you good on volunteers for that side of it? For the actual distribution where we're going to slow roll it the entire month, um, our day-to-day volunteers will just add that to their allocation as they pick up. Um, Honestly, what we need is people to go buy food, just to be really, really honest. Um, That food um, is not, I mean, it's special. Right. You know, like. I'm not going to be able to get cans of gravy through yeah, God's pantry Nobody connection. wants peanut butter for Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner, right? Yes, sir. But we we at St. John's, we're collecting food this weekend, which is only the 10th or 11th of the month. We'll come back again before the end of the month with the Thanksgiving pickup. Awesome. So we'll collect like we usually do in the past. Everything that we've always asked people to do is whatever you have during your Thanksgiving meal, just bring it to us and we'll take it to the Amen House. I think I got it. I'm just checking my email here. I think I got the Amen House email this morning. Beautiful. It said from the church, for for church to tell us what to bring this week. I know I saw it. I must have archived it already, but... You know the list, I'm sure. Do you know what we're supposed to bring this weekend, Larry? Yes, sir. Can you tell us what that is? Cereal. Uh, peanut butter. Canned vegetables and canned fruit. And do you ever get some food down there that you're like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> does that ever happen? It does. <laughs> um, it really does. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, um, honestly, sometimes it comes in as like fresh fruits and vegetables that we're not sure what it is. I totally thought we had spaghetti squash, which was like, I thought a little off season, but one of the local gro- gardeners brought it over. So I was like, okay, thank you so much. And she was like, 
you know that's a canary melon, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm glad you told me because I totally thought it was a spaghetti squash. What is a canary? Do you even know what that is? A canary melon? You're like a fruit vegetable guru over there. Canary melon? Yes. They're in the Amon house right now. <laughs> is that a kind of greenish? It's bright yellow. It looks like a spaghetti squash. Maybe a little bit brighter than a spaghetti squash. It's almost like a winter squash. Huh. No, it's it's like a cantaloupe. <laughs> I don't know. You should go check it out. Maybe you could cook some. <laughs> amazing. So you all take fresh food too then? We do. We do. <clears throat> yes. So obviously we love that, our local gardeners. So that has to move out quicker than, than the canned stuff, I guess, right? It does, but... You'll take it. We'll take it. You know, we're we're doing about a thousand requests a month, so food does not sit on our shelves. So you'll take all foods, pretty much. What will you not take from a food perspective? The caviar. Oh no, we'll take that. We'll connect that with somebody. I can't take your beer. Okay. Um, but honestly, outside of that, there's nothing. Um. If it's cold or frozen, we have to have a conversation. Like, I got to know it's been cold. You've taken care of it, yada, yeah. yada, yada. But even, like, I should know when deer season is. But we have, like, you know, <clears throat> deer hunters that call us every year and be like, oh, I'm about to go out and shoot again. I need my, you know, my um, freezer needs to be empty so that my new kill will make it whatever. I'm right. not saying this very well at all. <laughs> but um, You've painted a good picture. We understand <laughs> what anyway, you're saying. Yes, we will take your frozen venison. Our clients love it. Um, Like I said, if we're getting into cold food, sometimes it's a little more complicated. Please don't bring cold food to Mr. Oser. Where it's going to set in his That doesn't truck. happen, does it? Has no. It ever? No. No. no, we never asked for Larry's cold pretty, food. You know what I mean? Larry's like, pretty clear in his instructions. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got this down, but you know what I mean? Down. If you're bringing it directly to the Amen house, we can work that out. Um, but no, I mean, if it is food and we can connect it to somebody, we will make it happen. So if somebody misses Larry Oser's fill the truck program at church, or if they're listening and they're not part of our church and they just want to come down to the Amen house and donate, what, when can they do it? Sure. We are open Monday through Friday, nine to 12 with extended hours on Tuesday until three o'clock. You've, you've said that a few thousand that, times, right? right? Um, we're also open the third Saturday of every month from 9 to 12. Um, we're doing a low-touch drop-off. So not that you have to put it in your trunk, but if you would go ahead and put it in your trunk or the back of your car, literally, you don't even have to get out. You pop the trunk. My volunteers, because we're doing um, parking lot check-in with our clients, so my volunteers are out in the parking lot already. So they'll just see it, and they'll be like, give me a second. They'll go get a grocery cart, unload it, and you can be on your way in just a matter of minutes. So if you get some of these odd, crazy canned goods, because I know you got to get some crazy sure, canned goods. Sometimes, we do. Like okra. Okra. Maybe hey, that's my favorite. You like that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, but like apple pie filling. I mean, you know. Hey, bring on the pie filling right now. We need that for Thanksgiving. Oh, for those listening out there, <laughs> I would recommend go look into your pantry. I know you have a lot of cans. It's unopened. Clear them out. Clear them out. Take down to Amen House or to Osa Landing. Or to Cardone this Sunday. Cardone this Sunday. It might be wet. It would be wet, but we bring you an umbrella. (laughs) But clear your pantry. Bring it to Amen House. Larry's got the big truck this weekend, right? Yeah. So Larry just wants to challenge us to fill the big truck up this weekend. So let's see what happens. What else do we need to know about the Amen House that we haven't talked about? Anything? 
I don't know. I just, any opportunity, I want to give a shout out to my volunteers. Um, we've got about typically 150 um, that are active um, under in COVID world. Um, we have about 100 um, that are active at the moment. And we get that. I mean, we totally, totally understand that our volunteers need to keep them and their family safe. So we did have several that, that just felt the need in this time that they needed to step back. But oh my goodness, those that have stepped up have stepped up in such an amazing way and just I love my volunteers and they, I talk about them all the time and they just they are those words that I'm like afraid to say because you're recording them my volunteers are retired and my volunteers are a touch older than I am most of the time most of them and they're falling into that demographic because I've sat and listened to them talk about it, you know, where like COVID could potentially be very scary. Sure. And they are still showing up to serve. They are still in my parking lot. They are face to face with our clients. They are face to face with our homeless population. They are putting their health on the line because they've decided that the mission they're called to is worth it. And I think we need to not not forget that. Like, I think that needs to be said right. Yeah, because they blow the face, me away. The face of God in the community. That's really what that is. I mean, it's the corporal works of mercy right there at, at heart at work. Eat the hungry. It doesn't get any more simple than that. That's why I think I love about amen house. There's no creed, no religion, no conflict except love your brother. That's it. Love your brother and sister and feed them. No question asked. And that's it. That's more simple, authentic Jesus than anything I would get imagined. So important to know that. Awesome stuff. <clears throat> Larry, you got any final words? Yeah, I've got one final word. I'd like to, as I do every month, on behalf of myself and the Amen House, thank all the people from St. Francis and St. John's for their continued support and generosity. Please keep up the good work because you're doing a tremendous job. Amen. Amen. Shell, any last words? Just thank you. There you go. <laughs> Simple as that. Amen. <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's go to saying of the day. We do a little thing at the end, towards the end of the show about saying of the day because you know we're Catholic, so we've got all these saints. Got them right here in front of us, Saint Bobbleheads. I don't have this one up front there. No, no, Dennis. He's he's. <laughs> He's not there. This one's this one goes all the way back to 250 AD. This is like, you know, third century, real close to probably knowing some of the apostles, people that knew the apostles. So, you know, right right there in that time. So here we are with uh, Saint of the Day. Franciscan Media Saint of the Day for October 9th. Today we celebrate Saint Dennis and Companions. We know little about today's saint. Other than he was born in Italy, he was the principal patron of France, and he was the first bishop of Paris. Beyond that, the facts are unclear. The best hypothesis is that around the year 250, Dennis and several other missionaries were sent by the Pope to evangelize Gaul, which includes modern-day France. They were so successful that they were ultimately arrested, imprisoned, and beheaded. This occurred during the persecution of the Roman Emperor Valerius who in 258 ordered all bishops, priests, and deacons to be executed immediately. The bodies of Dennis and his fellow church leaders were thrown into the river, 
but later recovered. A chapel was eventually built over their graves that, centuries later, became known as the Abbey of St. Denis. Many French kings are buried there. What are we to make of this mixture of fact and legend about St. Denis? We can only conclude that the deep impression this saint made on the people of his day must have resulted from a life of unusual holiness, so much so that the Church has never forgotten him. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. A unique day, Dennis. It's one unique about St. Dennis, Dennis. 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 After he got decapitated, okay, right. he carried his head for two miles and preached the good news. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's why we get the legend of the swordsman, headless swordsman. I think that's what he is. Headless, headless horseman? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's amazing that uh, the Emperor Valerius wanted to execute all the bishops, priests, and deacons. Let's get rid of all of them. Clean them out. That's what we do. <laughs> and we, we talk about it's hard to be a Christian in the U.S. today. <laughs> Sorry, it's not that difficult compared to what we've uh, we've experienced. Hey, next week we don't have a guest yet, so we're still working on that. But we came up with a pretty good guest this week, didn't we? Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, so <laughs> thanks to Steve, our producer over there behind the technology for suggesting Michelle. It's great, great to have you here today. Uh, we'd like to give our guest uh, just a little token of appreciation. So I got a gift for both of you. Larry, I have for you a Knights of Columbus rosary. Thank you. And a rugged rosary form that you'll never need another rosary. And from Michelle, I have for you just hot off the presses. Sorry. This is a, it says word on, uh, word, uh, on fire Bible, but it's actually just the gospels. And cool. this is by, Bishop Barron, you want to kind of maybe explain Bishop Barron just a little bit for people that maybe not be Catholic that understand what he does and what his ministry is? Yeah, talk to me. <laughs> Bishop Robert Barron uh, was a systematic uh, theologian, my professor actually from uh, in Chicago, and uh, his passion is study deep how to evangelize to a new culture, um, social media for him. In order for us to strike a conversation, we have to look at the beauty of what God is, beauty in each other, and then we have to strike a conversation. That Bible is very unique. Um, most of his interpretation is in it, very beautiful inscription, writing. Um, a lot of commentary. In commentary. It. His writing, he developed um, an institute called the wordonfire.org. I also have an institution. The institute right now actually help people educate deep into the Christian understanding and faith, dealing with evangelizing the modern culture. That's what we face right now. So he right now the assistant bishop to the Archdiocese of L.A. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. It's a, it's a really good uh, gospel. Just read the introduction. It'll tell you a little bit about it. It's for it's for people that are looking for answers, and aren't we all looking for answers, right? Especially during COVID. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we need yeah. answers. I think you'll enjoy it. Your two million dollar so, life from within there. In here, yes. <laughs> it is. You you you'll you'll get the answer inside there. And he's he he puts a lot of artwork in there too because he believes that the 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 mystical part of church through its art is is God 
God is in the art. In, in the art. The so. art leaves you to the divine mystery. So, so, so if you're if you're watching us, you need to go to the Facebook and look for Amen House. Like the Amen House page, so you can stay up to date with all their current events. Right. That sounds perfect. Yep. That's usually and, where I go first. Yep. And then if uh, if there's anybody that's watching us from the Amen House page, and you want to know more about our ministry at Saint Francis and John, come to our page and like our page. We we reciprocate. Whether you're listening to us on on a podcast, if you're listening to us on YouTube, subscribe and like. But most of all, show your support to the Amen House, and also show your support to uh, the ministries we're doing here at St. Francis and John, ssfj.org. That's ssfj.org, where you can contribute any way you want, electronically. <laughs> <laughs> no touch. We don't want to touch your dollars. We want to do everything electronically. So show your support to us, uh, and we thank you for that support. Just like Larry said, we thank you for the support for the Amen House in the past and in the present. And especially this weekend. All right. Father, how about a blessing? Sounds like a pleasure to me. Gracious God, we give you thanks for the wonderful ministry that your son called all of us, especially the service of the Amen House, to serve humanity, family, neighbor, the desperate need for food. We ask you continue to strengthen Michelle, Larry in his ministry, and all of us, that we give you the glory work that we entrust to us by your son Jesus Christ. We ask to Christ our Lord. Amen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hey, until next week, I'm Deacon Tim. I'm Father Lynn. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We were supposed to announce something, weren't we? Oh. Uh, Wasn't it somebody's anniversary? That's right. Sherry oh, in oh, Dallas. 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 Yeah. We almost forgot Dallas. Is that 39 years? <laughs> He wanted to wish his wife a 39th, happy 39th wedding anniversary. Happy 39th anniversary, Sherry. Anybody that can put up with Dallas for 39 years, you need a lot more than just a cake or a night out <laughs> on the town. You need like a week's vacation at the beach. So Dallas, get with it. Take care of that beautiful wife of yours who puts up with you. So until next week, Dallas will be back. I'm Deacon Tim. I'm Father Lynn. Good night, everybody. Good night.